Welcome to the Salem Fields Community Church Podcast of the Weekly Message. We hope that you find this podcast personally helpful, and we also encourage you to share the subscription link found at salemfields.com podcast with your friends that might be able to use some practical advice and encouragement. Well, good morning. I have to make a confession to you this morning. I'm hungover. The fireworks have left me hungover. <laughs> yeah, thanks to everyone that helped. It was a great night, and we're excited about that, being able to give back to our community and to let them know how much we appreciate them and give them the opportunity to meet you and know that you're not scary people and that uh, this is a place where they can find some hope and love and some encouragement. Well, today we're going to uh, talk about one of Satan's most deceptive and subtle silent killers. Now, most people here have encountered it, offense. Offense will hold you and I captive. It will sever our relationships with God and with one another. And it will hinder us from fulfilling our full potential because of the wounds and hurts that offenses cause in our lives. Now, the symptoms of this toxic killer, they're pretty ugly when you think about it. It's, we have symptoms like, or, uh, symptoms like uh, hurt or anger or outrage or jealousy or resentment or strife, bitterness, hatred, envy. And the consequences of being offended are insults, we uh, uh, attacks, gossip, wounding, division, separation, broken relationships, betrayal, and backsliding. Now, it creates, also it creates all kinds of drama in our lives. When we're offended, it just brings out this drama in our homes and in the office, in the classroom, and it brings out drama in the church, you know, drama. But I, uh, as I was looking for some kind of resources for this message, there's not a whole lot out there, but I did find a cure for drama that I wanted to share with you today. All right, friends. Y'all know I pride myself on keeping it real, being really real with y'all. And I have to admit that I, from time to time in my life, have caused some drama. No one knows that better than my best friend. And this girl brought me something that has changed my life. Now, I know they say there's no such thing as a magic pill. There's not a pill that can fix anything. Y'all, they are wrong. I have discovered drama mine. I mean, I feel my drama coming on. I take this little pill and my drama is contained. It's all mine. It stays right here. I don't share it anymore. I don't bring it to y'all on Facebook. And when I feel it coming on, I pop one of these little babies. Y'all see that? Treat symptoms on the spot. That means no more drama. You see that? If your drama happens on a boat, a plane, or in a car, it's okay. Just make sure you have your drama mind. Keep that stuff contained. Nobody wants your drama. I don't want your drama. Your friends don't want your drama. But you know what's great? Keep it on you at all times because your people that have drama, they need to know. Let's stop spreading the drama. Now you just pop this little pill, you're gonna feel real relaxed. The drama's just gonna kinda go, just 
kind of settles down real fast. You might get a little sleepy. Take a little power nap. We all need more sleep. I mean, our nation is sleep deprived. So just keeping it real, y'all. Peace. So there you go. If you're experiencing some drama in your life, there's always drama mean. And I checked, and Rite Aid does carry it. And <laughs> But you know, seriously, we can become so focused on the wrong that was done to us that, that we're not even aware of how, de how this deadly toxin is destroying us and those around us. Now, quite honestly, I, I've struggled with being easily offended. I, I, I don't think I'm as easily as used to be, but I have, uh, I, I've struggled with it. You know, often it's those little things even. It's not the big things uh, always. It's just the smallest and most insignificant things that I get offended about, you know, and, 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 you know, like if someone would cut me off in traffic, I don't know why that, I take that personal, you know, people cut me off in traffic and, and, uh, and, or if uh, some, I let somebody in and they don't wave at me, you know, I think, well, look at you. I mean, I'm letting you in. The least you could do is wave. And I get offended and uh, I'd flip them off. And <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. I haven't done that. And the only reason I haven't is because I got a little Salem Fields bumper sticker and I don't want <laughs> Anyway, I, I hope that didn't offend anybody because I've only played. But anyway, you know, uh, it, it's amazing though to me how easily we as Christians are offended. I mean, I, I hear it all the time and really I do. And and I've probably been one to said it myself, but I hear it all the time. Well, such and such offended me. They, you know, I'm so offended. That person offended me. I can't believe what they did to me. I, I can't believe he said that. Uh, I can't believe they didn't talk to me. I can't believe she used that translation of the Bible. I mean, we are so very easily defended, right? I mean, you would have to agree with that if you're really honest. Can you believe what he said in his sermon, that he flips people off in traffic? I'm so offended. Why is it that we are so easily offended? I think the reason is because we're insecure, which is rooted in pride, and our pride and insecurity needs to be right. And we want to win. But you know what? For us to be right, someone else has to be wrong. And for us to win, someone else has to lose. Boy, y'all are right with it. Y'all not hung over from fireworks. You know, but not only are Christians easily offended, but there are many people who actually look to be offended. I mean, we're, we're going to find things wrong wherever we go with every person we're with. We're offended because it ends up being all about me or us, and it's rooted in pride. Now, what does the Scripture say about this very common and very sad condition that we see so often in the church and in our workplace and at school and in our society today. I want to start with what Jesus said. This will kind of lay the, the uh, groundwork, the framework for the message. He said in Luke chapter 17, verse 1, he said, It is impossible that no offenses should come. Now, Jesus is saying that, that he made it very clear that it's impossible to live in this world and not have the opportunity to be offended or to become offended. He's saying it's impossible. And when Jesus says it's impossible, then I have to believe that, that it's impossible uh, that we can live in this world and not have the opportunity 
to become offended. So then why are we, or maybe me, but why are we so shocked and amazed when someone offends us? I mean, we act like we're the only ones who have ever been wrong. And when we feel like we're the only ones that have ever been wronged, then we start to breed the bitterness inside of our soul. And we become bitter with people. Therefore, we need to be prepared because we're going to be offended. Jesus says we're going to be offended. And we need to be prepared when we're offended because of the fact that our response to our offense, the th- being offended, will determine our future. Now, Proverbs, another verse in Proverbs 19, which is uh, written, uh, the book of wisdom, many call it the book of wisdom. The Bible says in 1911, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to the glory, it is to his glory, God's glory, to overlook an offense. Now, it is, it is to his glory, God's glory, that we learn to overlook an offense. Now, we live in a world, and you would probably agree, that we live in a world that's quick to judge. You know, we're quick to call foul. We're quick, uh, we're quick to be offended, but we're kind of slow, aren't we, to overlook an offense. You know, we, we, ha- we live in a world that we're going to be offended. Now, to overlook something doesn't mean to pretend like it never happened. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. To overlook when we've been offended is a form of forgiveness. That we're, you know, we know what's going on. I've been hurt by that. I'm going to kind of overlook that. In other words, I am going to, in a a way, that's a form of forgiveness. I'm going to forgive. Now, in, in in fact, the two Hebrew words that are translated into the word, one word, uh, English word overlook. The, these are two words. They mean to overlook, or to and or to pass over an offense. Now, the Bible says it's to God's glory that we pass over an offense. Now, why is it do we rarely overlook an offense? It's because we're living out of our insecurities and our pride instead of living out of the grace of God that God extends to all of us. You know, I, I read a book, John Lambert shared a book with me a year ago. We were on a golf course and we were talking about being offended. We were talking about, and he shared a book with me called The Bait of Satan. And it's really helpful in preparing this message. I meant to say that earlier, but I wanted to say that. Uh, but we're, we're living, when, we, when we're easily offended, and it's why it's hard for us to overlook an offense, is because we're living out of our insecurities and pride instead of living out of the grace of God. Now, when you, uh, I want to share with you a very important verse in Romans chapter, I think all the verses are important, but this is really important for this message in Romans chapter 3, for it says, by, uh, it says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, okay, so he's saying this to every one of us. He said it to the Romans, but he's saying it to every one of us. So let's say it together. Ready? For by the grace given me, are we a hungover? Let's start over. I think y'all were drinking fireworks last night too. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with somber judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Thank you. That's very, very important verse. Does anyone here know why, uh, what Paul did before he was a Christian? Anyone know? 
Huh? Killed Christians. I mean, that's what he did. He persecuted believers. And, and I mean, he was, he was doing uh, the, more destruction to the good news and to the work of Christ than anyone before him. Now, you know what's amazing about that when we read that scripture? God extended to him a tremendous amount of grace. And you know, other Christians, because he was, I mean, he was basically accepted right in. Other Christians extended Paul a lot of grace as well. Has God ever extended any grace to you? Man, he has to me. Time and time again, he's extended tons of grace to me. Have, have people in our church and in my family ever extended grace to me? You bet they have. Man, they have overlooked and passed over some offenses in my life. And, and, I, and I am so appreciative of that. I'm more appreciative that the fact is that God, through his grace, extended me grace for my shortcomings. So Paul is saying, God has given me so much grace and people have given me so much grace that I have no reason to think more highly of myself than I ought. So he's saying, I'm not going, or he's saying to me, or maybe I'm saying, don't let it be about your insecurity and pride, but rather think of yourself, Paul says, with somber judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. You have a measure of faith. And faith, any faith we have is the measure that God has given us. It's a gift from God, our faith. You see, for by grace, uh, by, for by the grace God has given me, Paul is saying, I will not think of myself more highly than I ought. And when I don't think more highly of myself, I won't be so easily offended. You know, when we have this high opinion of ourselves, then we are going to be easily offended. But when I don't think more highly of myself than I ought, then I won't be so easily offended. So this morning, I want to, I want to give you three quick ways that I learned that we can pass over an offense where we don't have to uh, live being so offended. Because of God's grace extended to me, I, number one, will give the benefit of the doubt to others. I will give the benefit of the doubt to others. You see, because I've experienced so much grace, of God's grace, I'm going to do my very best to think the best about others. Now that's my that's my statement. I'm going to do my very best because when I contemplated the grace that God has extended to me, how bad I have messed up in my life and how terrible I've messed over other people and how I've hurt and offended other people and how God has extended to me so much grace that I'm going to work myself personally on thinking the best about others. Ephesians 4.2 says it this way. Always be humble. What's the cure for pride? Humility. So all, Paul's saying in Ephesians, always be humble and gentle. Being patient with one another. You know, especially our family. You know, I find that our family is the place that we're the most impatient with others. But be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of what? Your love. Y'all don't, it's right there. The answer, it's an open book. Because of your love. You see, because 
God's love because we love because Christ first loved us and, and God has sent his love to live in us, Jesus Christ, and God is love because of your love. You see, because of God's grace to me through Christ, I'm going to live, I'm going to, I'm going to give others the benefit of the doubt. Now, when I think about that, have you ever noticed about uh, how often in the church we don't give others the benefit of the doubt? I mean, we just don't. We just say, that person hurt me, that person offended me, that person did this to me, and we don't give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure it goes on in the workplace, but this is my workplace, and it goes on in my workplace and in my church. So ha- have you ever noticed how often in the church we don't give the others the Uh, the benefit of the doubt, but here's what we do. Many of us, many times, I, many times, some of you probably, judge others by their actions. But we judge ourselves by our good intentions. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I I won't let you off the hook, but you got, it wasn't in my heart. That wasn't what I meant. I'm not gonna let you off the hook, big daddy but I'm going to let myself off the hook. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever done that? I mean, if they would have known my heart, but you let that person do it to me, it's like, I'm offended. And I'm going to get, anyway. It's easy for me to give myself the benefit of the doubt. But I don't want to give you the benefit of the doubt. You see, and I, I don't give other Others, the benefit of the doubt when I expect it for me. You see, because of God's grace given to me, I am going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Not always done that. And, and you see, and the reason I'm going to do that, because we have to understand when, you know, I'm going to give others the benefit of the doubt because when they're short with me and they say something very hurtful to me, Maybe they got something very difficult going on in their life. Maybe they just got a call from the doctor and they got some bad test results and today isn't a very good day and maybe they were just a little bit short with you because they've had a terrible day or their kids are going off the deep edge, the deep end or their marriage is falling apart or they don't know how they're going to get gas for their car or pay their house payment. Maybe, just maybe, they're having a stinking, rotten, low-down, bad day and they were short with me. Or they said it in a tone. You know what I love when somebody says, I could tell from the tone of your email that you were upset. (laughs) I'm thinking, how in the world did we pull that one off? (laughs) But maybe, just maybe, they had a bad day, a really, really bad day. Or maybe they just forgot. You know, or, or maybe they misspoke. You know, because of the grace extended to me, I'm gonna work with the grace of God. I'm gonna work with God in my life to give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm talking about me. And as followers of Christ, we need to develop thick skin, you know, and and a soft heart. And my fear is most of us have thin skin and a hard heart. But if we don't want to be easily offended, we need to ask God to give us thick skin and a soft heart and give people the benefit of the doubt. Just try it for a day. Just try it for a day. Give your spouse the benefit of the doubt. When they came home and they said something, just give them the benefit of the doubt. Or your children don't live up. You know, kids have bad days too, mom, dad. You know, teenagers have bad days too. Sometimes they just need to chill. Sometimes they need to just watch a little TV before they can be dealt with, you know. 
Okay, kids, y'all can put, it, put in a good word with me with your parents or something, okay? I helped you out. But you know what I'm saying. And as followers of Christ, if we don't want to be easily offended, I need to have thick skin and a soft heart, and I need to give people the benefit of the doubt. And rather than be offended by them, I need to have compassion for them. Because the grace given to me through Christ, I will give the benefit of the doubt to others. Now, the second thing, because of grace given to me in Christ, I will not label others. I will not label others. Now, I will not label other people. Can you imagine how it would be if God labeled us? Whew. I I, I mean, think about that, if God labeled us. Think about that if God used our actions from a different time in our life, and he held that against us, and he labeled us because uh, of the way that we were in that season of our life. You understand what I'm saying? Here's what I'm, here, here's what I'll try to explain it this way. I was a liar. I mean, I was a good liar. I mean, it's bad, but I was good. And I could lie to you. I mean, and I'm thinking about that. What if God, back in that season of my life, now it's been a long time ago, back in my, that season of my life, if God said, well, there's that liar, there's that lying pastor up there preaching. And, and if God looked at me, and he says, look at that adulterous pastor up there preaching. You see, but that's what we do to other people. We, we take a time in their life, a weak moment in their life, a time when they may be having a bad day or they misspoke or they forgot something and they said something and, and you said, well, he's a jerk. And for the rest of their lives, you've labeled that person as a jerk. Or because the time in their life when they were really going through a bit difficult time, maybe they were a little bit controlling, and you call them a control freak. And you label people. We label people by that time in their life, that moment, that season in their lives. In their lives. And thank God, thank God that God doesn't do that. He forgives us, and he doesn't hold that against us, and he gives us other chances. And yet, me, many times, I'll take one or two times in a person's life and I'll label them based on that one weak moment or that one season in their life. And I won't let them off the hook. And I'll always hold them to that and label them in that over one brief moment, we permanently label people. Bible says in Luke 6, 36 and 37, Jesus says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Was God merciful to me? Yes. Was he merciful to you? Some of you, yeah. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. You see, if you judge, you're going to be judged. If you condemn, you're going to be condemned. If you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. You see, because of the grace that Christ has given me, I am going to work on not labeling people. And the third one, because of the grace that Christ has given me, I will forgive as I have been forgiven. Now, the Bible says make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must. Some of you are convinced of that. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must. That's the Bible. Did you hear that? Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. 
the Lord forgave me, so I have no choice. I don't have a choice in the matter. If I want to be forgiven, I have to forgive others. Uh, you know, I found it pretty easy to forgive the little stuff. You know, like I was talking, somebody cuts me off in traffic, ah. Somebody, you know, I let somebody in, they don't wave at me, yeah. You know, somebody says a crossword to me, yeah. You know, I find it kind of easy to do that. But man, there is some stuff in my life that I find it much more difficult to forgive. I mean, you mess with my kids, my daughter or my granddaughter, man, I find that much more difficult to forgive. And Jesus said this, and this is extremely important for us to understand that Jesus said this. You know, I've heard people rationalize, well, it was only Paul that said that. It was only that. No, no, no. But I'm telling you, Jesus said this because it's in red. If you use any other Bible besides your U version, probably in your Bible, you got a red letter edition. And when it's in red, Jesus said it. And here's what he said. For, I, if, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not for your sins. Now, here's a good question for us to ponder. How would you like God to forgive you the way we forgive others? We'd be in a world, I'd be in a world of hurt. And maybe some of you would be too. If we forgave others, if God forgave us the way we forgive others. Whew. But yet, that's kind of what the Bible says. You know, it's exactly the way which we will be forgiven. Unforgiveness, I, you know, unforgiveness is, is so widespread in Christian circles. I mean, it really is. I mean, it seems to me that we, mu we, we must not take these words of Jesus very seriously. Because I don't think there's a person in the room, whether you're a believer or not a believer, that doesn't want to be forgiven. And yet, we can't be forgiven if we don't forgive others. But, but even if you don't take that seriously, what he's saying there, it, it doesn't change the truth of it. You know what I'm saying? The truth is the truth is the truth. I mean, I, I could say, well, I don't believe that. Well... It's still the truth, whether we accept it and believe it and act it out or not. It doesn't change the fact that it's the truth. If I don't forgive you, I'm not pointing at anybody. If I don't forgive you, then God's not going to forgive me. That's plain. I, you know, it doesn't take a Greek scholar to figure that one out. It's right there before us. You see, the way we forgive others who have offended us is the way that we will forgive them. So how do you forgive something that seems totally unforgivable? Because things have happened in our lives that seem totally unforgivable. There was a person in the, in the 9 o'clock service that I felt really bad, really bad saying some of this stuff because I knew the pain and the hurt that this person was experiencing in their life at that very moment. And I was saying that they had to forgive that person and it was so raw for them that I just had to, as I was preaching, I was praying. And I was thinking, you know, I know this is tough to hear. Ephesians 4.32 tells us how we can forgive the unforgivable. 
It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave me. You see, God forgives me. God forgives you. So how do we forgive? We are to forgive just like we have been forgiven. Now, that's, that's how we forgive. Now, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, you know, there, the Old Testament times, uh, people would be forgiven by taking, they have a flock of sheep and they'd go out or they'd buy one. But they'd go out in a flock of sheep and they'd find, a, they'd find a lamb that was spotless. I mean, it was not blemished. And they would, they would bring that uh, lamb to the priest. And the priest would sacrifice the lamb on the altar. And, and with, the, with the shedding of the blood of the lamb, the person who brought the sacrifice to God or to the altar, to the priest, would be forgiven. And then we watched the movies enough, we read the Bible enough, you know the story of the Passover, when they would actually take the blood of the lamb and they would dip a sponge in it and, and uh, they would take that blood and they put it on the top of the doorpost and they put it down each side of the doorpost and the blood would drip off of the top of the, of the doorpost down to the bottom of the door. And there, right in the Old Testament, is a vision of the cross of Jesus where the blood of the lamb would be shed and the death angel would pass over that home. As long as the blood was on the doorpost, then the death angel would come and he would pass over that home because it was covered by the blood of the lamb. Now fast forward to the New Testament. Fast forward to the lamb of God, Jesus, who is the lamb of God, unblemished, unsoiled, spotless, without sin, the blood of the lamb, the lamb of God. And he shed his blood on the cross. And that, and the fact is, his blood covers all of our sins. In other words, when you pray and you ask God to forgive you, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary's cross in real time today, that blood covers all over our sins. And when God looks at our heart, he doesn't see the sin. He sees the blood of Jesus Christ. And the death angel passes over our lives. And we are forgiven. And that happens in real time. You pray that prayer this morning and you ask God to forgive you and you invite Christ into your life to be your Savior. And the blood of Christ that was shed on Calvary's cross for you and I will cover over all of our sins. Not just some of our sins, but all of our sins. Not because of what we've done, but because of what Christ did. And the, and the reality is when we understand how we for, have been forgiven, and we also need to realize and remember, as I've said many times, is hurting people hurt people. But Craig Crochelle said something interesting. He said also that forgiven people, forgiven people forgive people. Hurting people hurt people, but forgiving people, forgiven people forgive people. It is by the grace of God that we're able to forgive those deep, hurtful offenses. The deeper the hurt, the deeper the offense, though, the longer the process of forgiveness takes. And some of you have been hurt recently and are very, very deeply. And what I'm saying is there is a process that happens in forgiveness. We are humans, and the longer and the deeper the hurt, the longer the process of forgiveness takes. You see, we grow, though, in tough times. We grow in the times when we have been offended. 
You see, we don't grow in the easy times. When life is good and life is easy, you know, we, we don't. But when life is tough and we stand in it and we don't run from it and we face it, that's when we grow. In life, we will always have the opportunity to be offended. Always. Some of you will have the opportunity and have already had the opportunity this morning to be offended. And before you get home, you have, may have that opportunity to be offended. We always have that. Matter of fact, you've either just been offended or you're just getting over being offended or you're going to be offended real soon. Hard times will always come in our journey with Christ. They will always come. You see, I have learned over the years that I've been a believer that Jesus is more concerned about growing my character and growing me to be more Christ-like than he is whether or not I'm comfortable in life. And I know there's a lot of words out there. So you follow Jesus and everything will be good and you'll be comfortable and you'll be prosperous and you'll be all that. Well, that may be true for some. But I can tell you this. When you make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, times are going to be tough. But it's in those tough times that God is giving us the opportunity to grow in our faith and to become more like him in our life. We can't run from those times, those tough times when we face them. They're part of the process of becoming mature. It's part of the process of perfecting, being perfected in him. You see, you can choose to run from hard times. And many people do. They choose to run. They choose to leave. They choose to do whatever. Get divorced, you know. Move on. Get another job. Find another church. Do whatever. You know. But if we just stick in there, if we don't stick in there, it will stunt our spiritual growth. So as you overcome these difficult times in your life and learn to be forget to forgive, you will be stronger and you'll be more compassionate and you will fall more in love with Jesus. And when we fall more in love with Jesus, then forgiveness becomes a lifestyle. Because folks, you know it. You will have an opportunity this day to be offended and be hurt. And we, as we fall more in love with Jesus, the more forgiveness will become a part of our lifestyle, of who we are in Christ. You see, it's true. Some offenses will, will not go away. You know, like we used to say in Kieseltown, it's like a, a water off a, dot, a duck's back. Well, sometimes forgiveness is not that easy. It will take hard work to get free from the hurt and gain and, and, and the pain, but in the process, you will grow and you will mature and you will become more like Christ and you'll look in the mirror and you say, you know what, I like this person that God is making me into. Because it's not about me and it's not about any of us. It's all about Jesus. You see, I, I don't have the right to be offended. I'm never justified when my anger hurts you. I'm never justified in my anger. There's a righteous anger. And I'm never justified in my sin. You see, and it's not about me winning. It's not about me being right. Because of what Christ did for me, I will give people the benefit of the doubt and I will not label us because I don't want to be labeled. You know, I've been labeled all my life. I don't want to be labeled. And I'm sure you don't either. 
And because of what Christ did for me, I will forgive others as I have been forgiven. I am forgiven, so I will forgive you. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it is the mature, it is the right thing to do. And the more you experience the grace of God in your life, the more willing you will be to give others the benefit of the doubt. The more you experience the grace of God in your life, the more willing you'll be to give others the benefit of the doubt, not to label people, and the more willing you will be to forgive others. You see, remember earlier when I said that we are easily offended because we are insecure. And insecurity is rooted in pride. And pride is sin. And at the middle of sin is I. The middle letter in sin is I. And the middle of pride is I. As we learned earlier in this series, the only way to be free from the death grip that sin and pride has on our lives is that I must die. It's not about me. And the only way I can die is if I am fully surrendered to God. And someone recently asked me, well, buddy, how, how do you fully surrender your life to God? Great question. Gabe and I were talking about that. And, and I think this song best describes a surrendered life. presence here right now. Lord, we believe that you're here. and Lord, I believe every person that's here today is here by divine appointment. God, that you desired us to be here. And God, I know that you won't relent in our lives. 
Lord, there's times I want you to take the pressure off of me. But God, I know you won't relent because you want me to be as pure as gold, refined and more like you. So God, I just pray right now over our church, over those online in the cafe, I pray right now, Lord, that you would have your way and your will in our lives. I pray blessings over every person. God, what an honor you've given us, Gay and I, to be the leaders of this great church. But God, today, I know you want more for us than what maybe we're currently living. And so, God, I just pray that right now as we worship this final moments together, that you would have your way. And Lord, that you won't relent. You won't let me off the hook. God, you won't let any of us off the hook. If you're here today and you've never experienced Jesus Christ, the beginning of living this life that God has for us is being in relationship with him and, and, and having the blood of Christ to cover over all of our sins. And if that's you today and you've never experienced God's forgiveness through the shed blood of Christ on the cross, that today you would just simply invite Jesus Christ to be your Savior. You would just ask Him to forgive you of all of your sins and the blood of Jesus will be applied and He will forgive you. And the death angel, the death angel will pass over us and we won't stand in judgment, but we'll spend eternity with God. And then I know maybe there are others of you today that you know that you just know that you've never fully surrendered your life to God. And he won't relent until he has it all. So I want to invite you today, man, in the nine o'clock service, we just had an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. Maybe you just need to come and pray this morning and ask God, just surrender to him and ask him to fill your heart to overflowing with the love of Jesus Christ. Maybe you just need to do that in your chair. I'm not asking you to do whatever, but the Holy Spirit is here. And so if you'd like to just surrender to God today, if you'd like to have the fire of God burning in your life today, and you just want to come and pray, I'm just going to give this closing time to God and let Him do what He does better than I can ever think of doing, okay? Let's worship together and respond to God, however. If you are a new Christian and would like to know what to do next or where to go from here, you will want to get a free Next Step packet that contains reading materials and useful resources that will point you in the right direction. For more information, please contact Salem Fields Community Church at 540-786-6212 or visit our website at salemfields.com or email us at podcast at salemfields.com.